This is the Counting on Her podcast, a service of the Arizona chapter of WIFS. Women in Insurance and Financial Services, the only financial services organization with programming for women by women. Hello, listeners. Thank you to the WIFS Phoenix Counting on Her podcast. Today we have guest Shelly Giordano. Welcome, Shelly. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, delighted to be here with you, Sue. Thank you. Please, Shelly, um, we met you through one of our mutual friends and members of WFS Phoenix. Please tell us, tell the audience what it is that you do. Yeah, thank you. Yes. Um, well, I wear two hats. Um, I came to you via Rochelle Hopkins, who's one of your esteemed members, who is a reverse mortgage specialist, um, a Heckam for purchase specialist, and I just call her the ever ready bunny and there's nobody with more energy or uh, enthusiasm or um, knowledge about her job than Rochelle. And so I, you all already know that. And so I work with her at Mutual of Omaha and um, uh, my, my second uh, hat that I wear is as a founder of the Academy for Home Equity in financial planning, which is at the University of Illinois, the, the Urbana-Champaign uh, campus there. So I uh, have been working about the last decade or so, uh, trying to let uh, America know that their number one asset, their home equity can be, if used properly, can be a way to have a more secure retirement. And it's, it's, it's not my opinion, it is the result of uh, the research that has been done by members uh, in our academy. So let's talk about that a little bit because um, it is not a name that's uh, probably as well known as it should be. But tell us a little bit about the influ- influence that the Academy for Home Equity and Financial Planning has had and the teachings that have come out of it uh, to and for the broader financial planning community. Right. Well, I think it's important to to start with the, the concept of a reverse mortgage in the first place, which you, we all, most of us know, is for people who are 62 and, and older who wish to, you know, access their their home equity without the obligation of having to make principal and in, principal and interest payments on a monthly. Um, on a monthly status, you know, cash flow is really important when you don't have labor income anymore. And so if you take out a regular mortgage, you've still got that outgo for the principal and interest payment. And that can be problematic for people if they're living a long time or, you know, if they're uh, what they're relying on to make those payments is reduced in value during a market downturn or uh, unexpected expenses crop up. Those are kind of the three big dangers mm-hmm. um, in retirement. So um, so the original person to, to sort of look at home equity and a reverse mortgage in particular as a way to help uh, in retirement is Dr. Barry Sachs, who is a PhD in uh, physics, believe it or not, from MIT, and then was um, a lawyer. He went to Harvard Law School and was a tax and pension lawyer for 40 years in San Francisco and has his own reverse mortgage. But his original idea was, is there some way 
that um, you can avoid having to draw down on your savings, your nest egg, your portfolio um, when the market is down. And so he just did some kind of back of the envelope calculations um, way back in 2005 that were just incredibly um, uh, impactful because it demonstrated that if you can avoid um, selling your assets at a loss, particularly early in retirement, um, that that you know we commonly call that sequence of returns risk. That that um, it is just amazingly protective of the portfolio, which is so important if you're going to be living a long time. So um, our, uh, our our team at, at which is now Mutual of Omaha uh, sort of charged me with seeing if I could bring together some of the eggheads as we affectionately call them, which by that mm-hmm. time included Harold Davinsky down at um, down at Lubbock at um, Texas Tech and some other folks. And we just got together and, and had a conversation and, and recognized that uh, still there was this you know, incredible misunderstanding uh, about re- reverse mortgages are, um, you know, particularly and sadly among financial advisors who were not aware that um, these consumer safeguards had been um, progressively evolving over time and it really created a safe reverse mortgage. Um, and and among uh, the population at large that they just did not grasp that that this asset, which by the way, represents two thirds of the average American's mm-hmm. net worth, um, could serve as a, as a buffer asset and, and really help smooth out <clears throat> the volatility um, in, a, in a long retirement. Yes, and you've hit the nail on the head with a, a key word or key words there, buffer asset. I mean, two thirds of the the plan um, that's being discussed, right? Getting to the heart of the matters of financial planning, right? Reverse mortgages often comes with some mm, connotations, yep, <laughs> right? Connotations. Exactly. And so as a result of that, what would you tell our listeners um, with respect to their vision or persona of um, those terminologies, reverse mortgages, to, to, to not be, to be afraid to engage in those topics? What, what, what's your advice to our listeners? Yes. Well, um, first off, uh, you know, you're right that there is a lingering mistrust um, of reverse mortgages and they really uh, have been subject to an enormous amount of scrutiny and tinkering by FHA HUD over the last 30 years. And so the first thing I would say to people is if you believe that a re- the bank gets the house in a reverse mortgage that in return for payments from the reverse mortgage, you're giving up title to your home. That is not how it works. That's the number one thing. Um, and it, it, it's, you know, frustrating and sad for us in the reverse mortgage business that advisors uh, are at the very least providing best interest standard of care and then sometimes fiduciary standard of care are prevented by their own compliance people for having a discussion about reverse mortgages. So, um, you know, I would I would say that if you are a a client who is engaging with a financial advisor advisor who just dismisses you and says you don't want to do that, um, and and can't really describe to you 
you know, why there is um, such a, a, a cavalier dismissal of your largest asset mm-hmm. that you need to send them to <laughs> the American, uh, the uh, Academy for Home Equity and Financial Planning at the University of Illinois website. And, uh, and there he will find a whole repository of the research that, that underlies, you know, what we're talking about here. And that is not, not encouraging people to plunder their home equity and, and use it in a, in a, um, unguided way, but with the help of their financial advisor who's sophisticated and understands the nuance of, of, of a reverse mortgage and how um, coordinating the use of that home equity via reverse mortgage with the other assets can, can put them in a, in a better position. So I know it's uncomfortable for people. Uh, you know, a lot of people think they know what a reverse mortgage is and, and they really don't, you know, and, and, and if, and so you just have to ask more questions, unfortunately. Um, and we can help advisors out there who, who want to talk to their clients about reverse mortgages and have been forbidden to do so, um, by their, by their compliance um, regimes, because the Academy has published um, with the help of people like Dr. Wade Fowle and Dr. Craig Lemoyne and, and Jamie Hopkins yes. um, have, oh, and, and, and Betty Meredith, um, we actually um, have uh, provided a document for the broker dealer compliance folks uh, on model language that can be used within the organization <clears throat> so that um, the discussions about reverse mortgage are are compliant and in the client's best interest. Yes, and you know, in our endless pursuit of always uh, searching for, for news that's very particular, we definitely try to advocate and dispense as much knowledge out there, especially to our fellow women listeners, right? Women insurance and financial mm-hmm. services. You know, part of the reason why we have um, contributors like yourself, Shelley, on here that sort of avail these topics to us that sometimes are, are taboo or not often talked about in a comfortable setting with our, our female clients. And so last time we spoke, you had mentioned um, taxation. We were talking about the overarching viewpoints of financial planning and you know, sort of the d- distressed nature of uh, women in, in that role in the decision-making process. You talked about the pink tax. Can you tell us a little bit more about yeah. that? <laughs> yes, the pink tax. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I, I'm very concerned about about attention being provided uh, and education being provided to women, you know, where they are and, and you know, around topics that they're, they're interested in. And so I happen to you know, just kind of be paying attention to that we know that women make less money, that women come out of the workforce because they're taking care of children. Mm-hmm. They then come out of the workforce again to take care of their parents and they come out of the workforce to take care of their husbands. And, and, you know, when they, when, after their husbands die many times, so, you know, when they, they um, are um, disabled in some way, who's taking care of them. And it's definitely with less money. So, um, you know, well, and, and one that I've, recently ran across is that women bear more college debt than men do for oh, variety. Tell reasons. us about so, that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure what it is. My feeling is that I think that 
that women, particularly as they get older, they're really thinking about the next generation. We know that is true. Yes. That women that women are 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 providing lots of support if they can um, to the next generation. So I'm wondering if 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 they are saying to their their children or grandchildren, you know, I'll I'll sign on for the debt to to help you go to college. I I don't know that for sure, but I suspect it. So, um, <clears throat> but back to this pink tax. Um, one of the things I ran across when I started paying attention to this is that um, women oftentimes pay more for the same things. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed men's clothes are so much more durable than women's clothes and their shoes are more durable. And, and, you know, we seem to be paying a lot. Um, so the, the, the classic example of this is, is you can go and buy razor blades, disposable razor blades. Uh-huh. And if they're, if they're blue, they're one, price and if they're pink they cost 50 cents more that's true so you multiply multiply, and i love pink stuff so you multiply that um over a lifetime and you know all the makeup we buy and the way we get our hair done i I recently stopped getting my hair done at a salon and i'm having a barber do it Mm -hmm. and it went from 150 dollars to 20 dollars so you know there's there's just a lot going on that that throughout a lifetime that puts women at a disadvantage in retirement, but many times they are homeowners. Sure. And, um, you know, are we in, in, um, in our profession, you know, really being sensitive to the fact that women should understand, at least un- doesn't mean they have to do a reverse mortgage, but should, they should at least understand the power of, of that asset. And early on, because um, the worst way to use a reverse mortgage is is to try and and use it as a last resort. Um, that's the common view. Oh, I'll take out a reverse mortgage when everything else is kerfluid. But that's mm-hmm. the the the, the um, research demonstrates that that's absolutely the worst way. That what you want to do is think about um, a reverse mortgage configuration early and coordinated with your other assets so that you can protect mm-hmm. you can protect your portfolio. Right. And that trickle down effect that it has on all the other aspects of their lives, you know, the um, decisions that they're making on behalf of their loved ones for college planning, the decisions that they're making as a sandwich generation for mm-hmm. the elderly and aging parents. And maybe it's not on a reverse mortgage for themselves, but maybe a reverse mortgage on behalf of an aging parent. So Right. Oh, exactly. Yes. And there's, there's something wonderful about being independent and taking care of yourself and if you've been in family dynamics where the parents need to be helped and their children who, you know, some families are all happy to pitch in and do it equally. And But a lot of times there's a daughter-in-law who doesn't want to um, get involved and, and it can set up some pretty nasty family dynamics. So uh, there's a big relief, you know, when the grandparents or the parents can say, yes, no, I, I, I can take care of myself. There's a certain dignity and in, 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 in yes. that. And so it doesn't, it sounds like um, there's never, um, it's, it's never too early to put yourself in a position of um, financial education and power as it regards to your 
largest asset, right? And as you uh, kindly directed us to the Academy for Home Equity and Financial Planning, a public resource, I would imagine, Shelley, for all those interested yes. out there in learning more, a good place to start. Yes, absolutely. And well said, Sue. Thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, Shelley. We really appreciate your contributions. Hope that you'll be in the Phoenix area to come visit us. Make sure that you stop by. And I'm <laughs> sure do. that you will be hearing from you again. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Sue. Bye-bye. The Counting on Her podcast is a service of WIFS Phoenix, attracting, developing, and advancing women in the financial services industry. Visit WIFSnational.com.